Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 205, 205. My name is David Brooke, and this is where we talk comics news, we review comics, we talk about the future of comics, we have guests on too, but uh, this week our special guest is Nathan Simmons. Nathan, thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, uh, first time, long time, actually, I think it's actually long time, <laughs> what, 140 times, something like that? Quite a few times, yeah. I've done a lot of time <laughs> on this show. <laughs> no, actually, he is our co-host. He's 50-50, equal parts. Uh-huh. He's here to talk That's comics. Right. He's here to talk about... Half host, half guest, all machine. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he's like the... Um, what was that villain in uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, number nine or 800 or whatever? Oh, yeah, the, the, the Scarecrow guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Adaptoid. Yeah, the, or the, no, the, um, the Living Brain. Yeah, the Living Brain. He's oh, yeah. that oh, so yeah. fondly. It was, it was like, both. It was him. the hyperadaptoid and the living brain. Look, Spider Man, <laughs> the guy, the guy has rotten luck with robots. Can that's we true. just uh, acknowledge that? And that's really what we're here on the AIPT Comics podcast yes. to talk about week in and week out is Spidey <laughs> versus robots. When's the singularity happening? Will we all be covered in webs? This is true. It's all going to happen, especially when that Madam Web movie comes out and oh yeah, makes three billion dollars because it's oh, the greatest yeah. film ever made. I mean, it, it, I'm so I am genuinely curious to find out what that movie is because uh, same there are some really fascinating uh, pictures that have come out from the set in over the months and yep. like uh, and months and months because that I think they went over on that shoot but yeah I it, it looks like it, it's really digging into some Straczynski era uh, Spidey right. stuff which mm-hmm. I, I was a fan of 95% of that run, maybe a controversial statement. I don't know. I don't know what people think about comics anymore. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just this week. You sent me a picture. I'm extremely online of a man without shoes on. And we're like, oh, yeah. look at his feet. And look, I was like, what? look, it's Ezekiel. And that's not, no one, I else, mean... no one else would run around the city with no shoes on. <laughs> it's quite common for Nathan to send me men's feet. But uh-huh. this time, it involved a movie. And then action. I yell which comic book character they remind me of. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, like, Marvel Studios, although this is what a Marvel weird series, bit. I know, right? I was on the AMPT TV podcast this week and talking about my most anticipated shows. And yeah. by the end of the show, I was like, God damn, I have listed, like, four Marvel Studios TV shows I'm looking forward to this year. You're so, in like, the bag, son. Dude, I am a homer mm-hmm. for reals. But yeah. <laughs> Secret Invasion's coming out next, I think. I'm, uh-huh. I am excited for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're here to talk about comics, and to start yes. every show, we talk about the biggest news of the week. I try to prioritize it as the biggest news of the week. And by biggest, I mean the most chatter I've seen around where people yeah. are either mad or happy. I'm always happy about Free Comic Book Day. This is true. Yes. Yeah, so Marvel, they've already released their Free Comic Book Day lineup, but uh-huh. this week they gave us a few more details, including two, or no, actually three preview pages. Uh-huh. Some of the details that got people really giddy, though, was that we are promised, essentially, that we're going to learn more about Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Shidi's big new series. I don't even know what it is. It could be event, but they mm-hmm. call it a Crossroads of Science and Magic. Yes. So far, we've only seen a scant few designs by Sheedy. Um, Hickman barely talked about it at SDCC this last year where we reported on it. And uh, I think it's going to be something with uh, space, but now it's saying Mm -hmm. science and magic, so I don't know. Hey, magic can happen in space. If Star Wars has taught us anything else, uh, it's It's true. Wizards. Um, I think we're we're glossing over the most exciting thing is that Spider-Man kicks a gorilla. This is true, yes. 
and it looks like she's like a regular common gorilla too, like not a super uh-huh. villain gorilla. <laughs> no, these, these are uh, these are exciting preview pages, and then there's one uh, of Cyclops yep. getting sucker punched, and I mean, I don't know about you, but this looks like maybe Cable, maybe Old Man Logan, whoever it is, they've yeah. got a sick jacket. I was thinking Phantom X. Oh, sure. Who has been, and he looks, he has white hair, right? Maybe That's Phantom, right. And he was in that weird pocket universe or whatever, so maybe yeah, yeah. he's aged a lot or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whoever it is is looking haggard. <laughs> this is true. I, apparently, we're going to learn more about um, Spider-Man's costume here, this new costume or something like that. Right. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, these free comic book day comics obviously are free, but they're usually kicking off, uh, or hinting at future events or, right. and I think they've also promised that fall of X will be uh, teased in these as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, free comic book day this year is Woo. May 6th, Saturday, May 6th. You did. Uh, moving on. Okay. By the way, if you yeah. uh, think the show is a Marvel show, it, this is just like accident. <laughs> Marvel put out a lot of news this week. Her Marvel usually though they uh, they like to tease uh, all of their solicit stuff before the solicits sure. come out. Probably the next biggest news was the fact that we're getting a new Storm solo series, yeah, yeah, yeah. five issue miniseries, and it's focused on Storm's punk era. Hell yeah! And uh, it has a, a quite a famous creative team uh, involved. Yeah, uh, Anna Senti and Sid Koshin is are, are working on this. I I am so excited about this. I love this era of Storm. Um, I, I love that it's going straight for like the eighties vibes, which I think is like the sweet spot with a lot of Nascente stories as well. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't go back and, and read, uh, some of Nascente's, uh, long shot, which is mm-hmm. a really, really fun, uh, series. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. This Alan yeah. Davis cover is gorge. It's cool to see Davis all over Marvel lately. I know. Right. Because there, there was a, a gap there for a while. Maybe he was doing, I don't know, movie stuff or something. Yeah. But this is the era when she's in charge of the X-Men and rocking that sick mohawk. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so it's in the same vein as Symbiote Spider-Man and Venom Lethal Protector. It's a it's technically a prequel. It's like a uh-huh. lost story kind of thing. Yeah, five issues. Uh, if you're into older eras of X-Men, you're going to be loving that. I think so. Speaking of older eras. Yeah. You ever stop and just like in the middle of traffic and, you know, Stop your car and think, where did Groot come from? Where's What's his deal? So Marvel's revealed that in May we're going to get a new Groot miniseries as well uh, by Dan Abnett and Damian Cochero. Nice. Dan Abnett, of course, is known for a ton of stuff, of course. But, like, he is the reason we have the Guardians the, the that Mar- we have. modern Guardians, yeah. In Marvel Studios. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I interviewed Dan Abnett a couple years ago now, uh-huh. and he told me a whole story about how he got to go to the Guardians set the first movie oh cool and he walked on set had no idea that one of the stores in a background scene is called like abnet something oh yeah uh-huh and he was like just floored um, oh that's so cool yeah it was nice of uh james gunn to do that he he run he has a very successful store in nowhere and then uh, <laughs> right <laughs> dan slot has a tow truck company <laughs> yeah you know potato they're, potato they're crushing it in that world <laughs> So uh, this is obviously, again, a synergy thing where Marvel yeah. Comics is trying to put out more Guardian stuff because they have, of course, last week we talked about the new Guardians of the Galaxy uh, series launching. Yes. In that series, Groot is not on the team. Maybe something here connects to that. Marvel sure. hints that there might be something connecting to that. But ultimately, though, this is about where did Groot come from? And I think the answer is seeds. But that's just me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but how big were the seeds? How yes. long does that take to grow? True. These are all the questions that we hope will be answered. And we'll write it down, and if we ever find one, 
We can make our own group. That's right. Oh, isn't that the dream? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the dream for us nerds. <laughs> if you liked Marvel's Black, White, and Blood anthology series that has uh, occurred with Elektra, Deadpool, Wolverine, Carnage, Moon Knight, well, guess what? Uh-huh. It's Star Wars' turn to get a little bloody. Or is it red? Darth Vader is getting a uh, Darth Vader Black, White, and Red anthology series. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's funny it's called Red because... Is it because right. like Lucasfilm was like, we cannot have any violence in titles with our, our beloved childhood characters? Is it because lightsabers automatically cauterize wounds? Oh my god, that's actually that's actually pretty, pretty smart. Or is it just is it just as simple <laughs> as that's the color of his lightsaber? Oh, even smarter. Look at you. This is why he's on the show, folks. He's <laughs> 20 times why. smarter than me. Look, I'm just <laughs> stoked that like we're gonna get Jason Aaron writing Vader again. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and yeah, uh, there's so so the the four issue series will have a like main story mm-hmm. uh, by Jason Aaron and Leonard Kirk, and then the rest of it will have uh, you know alternating lineups like the other anthology books. Yeah, that's a cool concept. It creates a through line, so you keep you yeah. keep picking up every single one. You don't just drop one because you don't know the uh, the creators on it. Right, exactly. And you've got fucking Peach Momoko doing yeah. her first Star Wars comic interior. It was really cool. Uh, she actually quote tweeted AIPT's news and was like, yeah. I'm doing Darth Vader! Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think this is a logical next uh, anthology for this series at Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, if you don't know, this series is ultimately about the art, mostly. And usually it, each story is about action, mostly, right. as well. But, but it's, it's really about, about highlighting family. the... Oh, sorry <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It is about, oh, especially now with Darth Vader. He's like the best dad in all of fiction. Totally. (laughs) Totally, dude. Um, If you are an X-Men fan, you probably love that Storm news, but you're really going to love this next bit of news. Yeah. Even more, maybe. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. I can't tell what you're thinking. God. Yeah. Write in the comments. People seem to be a little uh, lukewarm on the upcoming Sins of Sinister, which I'm actually yeah. excited about. I mean, maybe yeah. it's just the part of Twitter I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, Elon keeps, uh, you know, subjugating everyone who isn't paying him $8 he's, a month. He's, he's uh, well, you know, he's taking money from the Essex Corporation, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, Marvel uh, shed light on Sins of Sinister titles out April 2023. That includes the last issues of Immoral X-Men, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, Nightcrawlers, and then the finale, Sins of Sinister Dominion. Yeah. So actually, AFPT had the exclusive first look at Nightcrawlers this week, which was cool. Yeah. Good lord, the action on that was crazy. People are so excited for that. And I still can't get over this metal as hell cover for number three with Galactus, a yeah. uh, Galactus Ghost Rider, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, or it could just be he's dead or he's dying. But then oh, possibly. I, but I it, know, wouldn't I, it be yeah. great if that's that's Cosmic Ghost Rider's final form? <laughs> it would be. I think Jason Aaron would be really angry that that he didn't think of that first. Right. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's cool is you get to see all of the covers on amputeecomics.com and yeah. Uh, yeah, it, basically this event, if you don't know, is Mr. Sinister has messed around with the timeline. Uh-huh. And let's just say if the world was ruled by Sinister, we could see what it looks like. We got hints of it in Timeless where we got to see a Nightcrawler Spider-Man, for instance. Uh-huh. So I'm going to assume if Mr. Sinister is in charge, it's going to be real bad. Real gross, real wicked. <laughs> wicked this way comes. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole series ends in April. So once that's over, we'll see uh, how everything leads into Fall of X, I think is the next X-Men event. That's right. 
Yeah, is that it, kicks it, off in May, June? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the summer. It's kind of cool that they have they basically created a new series for this event. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that bad either. Like, there's only, uh, <laughs> what, 15 titles total? Oh, yeah, titles? the buy-in's not that bad. Yeah. Whereas, like, Judgment Day had, I, at one point, I was like, Jesus, they just keep adding more series. Yeah. No, I, I always dig, like, the alternate universe. Uh, espe- I mean, it seems to really fit X-Men, too, right? You've got Age of Apocalypse, you've got Age of X, yeah. and, and now Sons of Sinister is going to kind of take a similar route with telling these ongoing, st- these stories as though that's always been the status quo, which I really dig. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of alternate universes, <laughs> imagine an alternate universe where instead of Jack Kirby and Stanley, Stanley met a Walt Disney. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually how it would happen, but <laughs> Marvel has released more of their Disney Marvel mashups, part of their Disney 100 Years of Wonder covers, yeah. honoring both Disney and Marvel with these. Uh, they have a, a cover for the Infinity Gauntlet with... I can't tell. It's a dog character that is Thanos. Oh, it's uh, Pete. It is? Yeah, I think so. Pete? Yeah. Is that a character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of this. Mickey is Doctor Strange. Uh, Pluto is Silver Surfer? Uh Uh-huh. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. I am not great with my Disney characters. Uh, There's an Iron Man cover with Mickey as well. I don't know. These covers. I mean, if you love Disney, you'll love these. What if he was bit by a radioactive (laughs) mouse? (laughs) Basically. Yeah, Goofy is Spider-Man. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm sure people will be collecting the hell out of these. Uh-huh. What do you it, think? Do you, but it's also do you love doing them? That, it's also doing that weird thing yeah. where they're all variants of Spider-Man covers. And so mm. you're going you're gonna to pick up a Spider-Man book that says The New Avengers on the front. Yeah, it's that just, is bizarre. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's like someone in, like... Marketing was like, we can sell more Spider-Man books if we put Avengers on the cover. What? No. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. It's someone, like, yeah. Someone out there was like, I really want to buy this issue of Spider-Man that reminds me of Warren Ellis's Iron Man, but also has Mickey Mouse on the cover. <laughs> uh, what's the crossover there? <laughs> I could see someone in like uh, finance being like, let's see if how much this bumps up our sales. Uh-huh. Then they can go, okay, look, the numbers are this, so that means this Mickey cover actually made us sell another 30,000 copies. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. But then that's just someone like, I don't know, it's like a prep project or something. It's it's odd. Uh, I mean, they're great covers, but yeah, it's uh, the, the whole, everything surrounding it is just kind of odd to me. I don't know if I'd want to see an animated movie of Mickey as a, a Captain America, would you? I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> you never know, dude. That's true. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, how much money can we make on this? Wait, Let's we get, get James the Simpsons Cameron. in here too? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and our next bit of news, which is uh, a bit sad. Yeah. I think it's sad, yeah. Marvel uh, honored Carlos Pacheco in a full-page tribute Yeah, uh, in every single Marvel comic this week. And in the tribute, we had Tom Breverut and Kurt Busiek mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Carlos. Uh, we lost Carlos just a few months ago. And uh, it was a... Crazy surprise. He was literally yeah. tweeting cover art and interior yeah. art. And then he, one day he was like, I'm sick. And then, then he yeah, was gone. And then he was gone. Yeah. I mean, and he, he's got that. I think the last thing he has coming out is that damage control cover, right? That he he, he teased yeah. a while back. Um, yeah. This was really lovely to see reading through the, the Marvel books this week. I was I was glad they they, they took that time. See, I, I saw it on uh, posted on a couple places, our news yeah. here. And... 
a couple people were reflecting like the last two or three years have been really bad for, for losing creators. Creators that we, yeah, we love and, and yeah, respect. I mean, not just to old age, but like people died from COVID. There's yeah ailments like Carlos had, like, and I, it got to me thinking like a lot of the iconic creators that we grew up with are getting to an age where, you know, people are going to start to pass away. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a bummer. I, I take comfort in knowing that like, the legacy lives on, right? Like the, yeah. the, the artwork is always out there. The, the mm-hmm. incredible storytelling is always there. And, you know, the, if anything, this shows just like what a huge impact Carlos had on the yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was really, really glad to see this. I mean, obviously for a terrible reason, you know, but uh, yeah. it was, it's, yeah. it's always, I always appreciate it when one of the one of the major companies like takes time to, you know, recognize someone who was such a huge part of their their brand and history. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he uh, he worked on so many different Marvel books and DC books over the years. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, like people still talk about Darwin Cook. Uh, and he's yeah. been gone for quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I, it, I can't. Uh, I just, you know, that Catwoman Hunted book I was telling you about, or that mm-hmm. or movie I was telling you about recently, like the whole time I kept thinking like, well, this is obviously like an anime style, but like it owes so much to Darwin Cook's work on Catwoman. Right. And like, mm-hmm. and, and it's, yeah, that's, people won't stop appreciating these stories, you know? Yeah. They live on. You're right. Speaking of living on. Captain America Cold War uh, information came out this week as well. Again, Marvel releasing solicits early, basically, but sure. splashing news across the, the uh, interwebs. Uh, this is Jackson Lang- Lansing, uh, Colin Kelly, and uh, Tochi Onobuchi's uh, crossover event between their uh, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty and the uh, Captain America Symbol of Truth series. I, I am not super pumped for this. Why is that? Am I not a cap guy? I'm not a cat guy, maybe. Um, I don't know. I I go back and forth. It depends on the uh, on on how Cap is being handled. Who's writing him? Um, yeah. I've really been enjoying uh, current Captain America, so I'm I'm into this. Um, it's just I it, it feels like we don't really know a whole lot about why this is an event. Does that make sense? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like how this is different from what we've kind of been seeing play out over the course of the series. It's very much like the whole. Both series have been kind of like espionage, like secret things happening. Yeah. Pe- people doing secret things we don't know, but Which if we know they're doing why it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the bigger elements of this, or leading into this at least, is the uh, the truth behind Cap Shield and right. the symbol, the what the symbol actually means. It's right. not actually America, but something else, which is fascinating. Sure. It and, is interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's like a secret organization that's been around for over a hundred years. So. Right. It'll all come to a head. Maybe they'll have to like disassemble them or something. But yeah, that's coming in April. It's it's launching in April. Sweet. And Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly are launching another crossover event. That's right. Star Trek Day of Blood is coming out. Uh, Good this is title. crossing over with uh, Christopher Cantwell's series, uh-huh. Star Trek Defiant. Kicks off with, again, Free Comic Book Days, May 6th issue. Um, so yeah, uh, it looks like it's heavily using Worf, at least in the Defiant series. We've got Worf talking to Spock in this preview on aptcomics.com. Yeah, we do. Which is like a head trip. I wonder if this right. is the Spock from the movie, the new movies, maybe? No. I don't know. Uh, that would be Did interesting it? to find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. 
But yeah, um, I've really enjoyed the series. It feels like a really good continuation of Deep Space Nine. It feels yeah. very much uh, part of the the universe, and they're killing it on the writing. Like it just feels so much like another show. Yeah, this is this has been some of my favorite Star Trek books uh, in forever. Uh, it, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I had a roommate, and when I was living in Italy a couple years ago, he was uh-huh. like, "Star Wars or Star Trek." And I'd be like, uh, I don't know, Star Trek. He'd be like, you're an idiot. And he would just tell me why I'm so dumb. Ah, this is why I... <laughs> I was about to say this is why I don't give my opinions on the internet. But what do I do yeah. I don't, three times a week with podcasts? <laughs> you know what? That's true. Constantly. Every, on the airwaves. Uh-huh. It's interesting. You don't see people uh, make that argument anymore, though, right? Like Star Wars or Star Trek. Maybe because Star Wars has made a couple really bad movies lately. Yeah, but so is Star Trek. I mean, I just, I think, I don't know. I always thought it was a weird thing. Like, you know, no one ever says, like, uh, Thunderbirds or the X-Files. Like, they just accept that, like, you can watch different science fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird divider. That could be a fun uh, board game we create. Just oh, yeah. like It's a spinner, and you just it just randomly picks two different licensed <laughs> shows, yeah. and you have to fight them together. Taxi versus Futurama. Oh my god. Well, of course, Taxi. Green Hornet versus Remington Steel. <laughs> Look at this. You just endless fun. Tearing your friends apart. <laughs> I don't know what this character voice is that I'm doing, though. He's very intense. I, I feel like it's a bit like J.J. Jameson. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably what Where it is. Where are the photos, Peter Parker? Hey, I want some tasty pics of Spider-Man. What was it he said? There was The, the J. Jonah Jameson stuff in Amazing Spider-Man this week was oh, yeah. transcendent. Like, so it was funny. Good. That's it not was even good. what I sound like. Oh, man. I think Guinness's art in Amazing Spider-Man this week was oh, so fun. Exceptional. Yeah. Oh, well, poignant. Moving on to our next segment, top <laughs> books of the week. We're going to talk about our top two favorite comics out this week. And Amazing Spider-Man isn't in any of them. but <laughs> No, but it it was very but, close, just to, just due yeah. to the JJ scenes. I, there's a big cr- a cliffhanger of revealing a new version of Spider-Man. And Boy, I have to howdy. say, a lot of websites spoiled that, like, early Wednesday morning. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like why are you... Just chill out, I dudes. saw, yeah, I saw, I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" And then I read the book and could not believe it was real, and then was yeah. annoyed that like I had had that yeah. spoiled for me because it's a really fun. La- the last page made me laugh like out loud. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what is your second favorite book of the week? Uh, my second favorite book of the week was Batman: The Adventures Continue, Season Three, Number One, by Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, and Jordan Gibson. Uh, this picks up. Shortly after the events of season two, uh, this is the, of course, the continuation of the Batman, the animated series uh, continuity and sort of reintroduces us to the state of Gotham right now. And in a sort of one and done adventure, like it doesn't it's it's interesting because most of these adventures continue books have been extremely like connected to one another. And it feels like this one's going to be a little more episodic. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it was just kind of nice to, uh, one, it brought back an obscure villain from the animated series, uh, Lockup, who was created for the animated series, only appeared in like, I think one episode before mm. eventually becoming a, a character in DC continuity. But he's just, uh, it was really cool to see him pop back up and, and in a storyline that sort of concerned Batman, putting his neck on the line because he's like the only person who doesn't believe that a priest is on the up and up, which is like <laughs> kind of a very uh, intense storyline, but also 100% feels like 
a story that would play out in the animated series where he's just afraid to believe in people's better judgment. Uh, I don't know. It was a, it's a good story. It, the artwork is great. I, there's quips, there's action, and it, it uh, ties into the wider uh, DC animated universe in a really interesting way with the, uh, the sort of, uh, I don't even know if it's a cliffhanger, but the conclusion of this, this issue has hmm. me very curious to see if, uh, Batman's going to go up against a certain squad this season. Ooh, that sounds tantalizing. Yeesh. <laughs> nice pick, dude. Thanks. What you got? Uh, I like Dark Ride number four by Joshua Williamson, Andrea Bresson, and Andriano Lucas. Uh-huh. Um, I've liked most of the series, but this issue delivers big time on some major reveals, uh-huh. uh, including uh, an amazing double-page splash of all of the mascots of this horror amusement park. Oh, yeah. uh, coming uh-huh. out all at once. And each one is like a story in itself. Bresson's art here is just the inventiveness, the imagination. You're like, okay, where does this Frankenstein exist in the park? Because he doesn't sure. look just like Frankenstein. There's something else going on here. Um, aside from the inventiveness of that, which wasn't really, really well done in the first issue where we got to see a whole layout of the, of the amusement park. Uh, we get some major reveals involving um, a certain character named Halloween by the end, which is actually surprisingly spoiled on the cover. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. I was like, what? This should have been the cover <laughs> for the next issue. But, uh, yeah, so the uh, this series is about a horror amusement park that uh, was created under a nefarious situation. Uh, uh-huh. Two kids, a product of the creator of the park, who is mysteriously very, very old and never seen, um, are trying to get the park to turn around its sails because it's not doing so hot. Uh-huh. And in this issue, one spoiler, uh, <laughs> the, the world finds out a kid died in the park and it increases the sales by a thousand percent. People want to go to the park because oh, someone died wow. in the park. Um, I guess because the types that love horror might love that. I don't uh-huh. know. But uh, it's an interesting element that is, uh, the, the series is boiling over with some interesting twists. So, yeah. And the art is just so inventive. Yeah, I gotta uh, catch up on it. Uh, you've really been digging this series. I'm just a, a horror amusement park guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Halloween horrors. I, I keep saying this. <laughs> sure. So, like, I'm just like, oh, I want this in real life. Uh, but <laughs> what was your favorite book of the week? Uh, my favorite book of the week was uh, Black Cloak, number one, by Kelly Thompson and Meredith McLaren. Uh, this pairs uh, the creative team from uh, Jim and the Holograms at IDW, or at least you know they did they did a handful of issues together, and uh, yeah, I I adored that series so much. But Black Cloak is a decidedly different type of story. Uh, it's it combines uh, fairy tale fantasy, science fiction, and noir for a uh, a murder mystery in a world full of magic and shitty technology. Uh, I, I, I touch on this a little bit in my uh, review uh, that, I, that I posted this week, but it one of the things that I'm a sucker for are stories that take place in, like, the crappy future, where, like, technology is amazing, but it also doesn't really work all the time, and things are kind of broken and, and, and worn down. And uh, that's really where our main character sort of operates as, as she's, like, talking to suspects and trying to figure out the, you know, this what happened... Uh, to this uh, royal who showed up in a brothel dead and and, mm. a, uh, and a mermaid who washes up on the shore having had pieces of her bitten off. Oh, jeez. Uh, 
yeah so it's uh, it's i it's so good it's such a it's such an interesting hook for a book to sort of take all of these fantasy tropes and then filter it through like a uh almost twin peaks esque <laughs> uh mystery vibe um, but it it also uh, we get a feel for these characters like almost immediately, even if we're not really totally sure of their relationships to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 way that they communicate with one another speaks volumes about who the reader should trust. Mm. Uh, and I I don't know I, I it's a it's just it's a it's a kind of a masterclass in how to do a first issue. I love it. Nice. Both your picks are number one issues. Interesting. Yeah, there were a couple of really good debuts this week for sure. Yeah, Black Cloak, uh, does it remind you of Saga in any way? It does, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the, just mostly in the in terms of like the genre mashup, I would say mm-hmm. like the, the storytelling uh, is a, takes a very different approach, but it's kind of hard not to come out with a new sci-fi fantasy series and, and, and have people think of Saga, I think. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it, like revolutionized the uh, the genre in a sense. Totally. Uh, but I I would say it's yeah definitely check it out if you're looking for a new uh, fantasy sort of genre mashup for sure. It's also extra sized, I think. Right. Yeah, so six more pages. Comic. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Four ninety nine. That's actually a really good deal. It's yeah. I was kind of shocked when I saw the price tag for sure. I wonder if every issue is sixty or if it's just the first. Maybe it's just the first. We'll see. Uh, my favorite book of the week was Danger Street number two by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. Yeah. Uh, the series is using characters probably 90% of uh, readers may not know. Uh-huh. Um, but it is so well written and yeah. drawn. Uh, the pacing, Fornes, at this point, anything Fornes' draws is like going to be incredibly cinematic in a sense where it's like a character drama with character right. acting that's top-notch stuff. But... Uh, I think the reason why I liked this issue so much was that it made me care about everyone. Yeah. Including uh-huh. Darkseid. <laughs> Spoiler, but Darkseid has a soft side because <laughs> we see him hug <laughs> another character and he's like sad. And I don't know, Tom King, uh, his relationship with Darkseid has been fascinating, right? Like he yeah. he basically made everyone love the character even, like 10 times more with Mr. Miracle. And now he's got him hugging characters. <laughs> <laughs> I but, gotta read uh, this. I yeah. I've, I fell behind on this as well. Uh, again, though, like I could see, you have to have patience with this book. I'm gonna just say yeah. that up front. Uh, it that takes tends to be time. the case with a lot of King's work for sure. Yeah, there isn't like big action every other page. Uh-huh. Uh, the the most of the issue is about characters reeling and reacting to a death from the first issue, and that kind of slowly boiling and simmering to a point where we see. Uh, obviously there's multiple plots and they're probably Uh all going to interconnect. They haven't yet, but you can see how they might down the road. Uh, There's this great moment too. I'm spoiling everything. There's a great (laughs) moment where a character's on the phone with someone and he's torturing someone, but he doesn't want the person on the other end to know. Right. And he's like, sorry, I'm at the machine shop or whatever. And there's going to be a loud bang. (laughs) And it's actually a gunshot. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's a moment where I'm like, holy shit, this would have been so cool in a movie. Like, Uh Just a neat idea to kind of convey the character's sliminess, but also evilness. And he's totally yeah. un- like cool with this murder. Um, a lot of like, it makes you think about how people are, th- are the characters are thinking in the story. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Any comic that does that where I'm like, hey, what are they, why are they well, acting this way? That's, that was one of the things I'm that really there. pulled me in about Black Cloak was I, I'm just like, nice, I want to know yeah. more about this world because it'll inform why mm. they're behaving like this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which is... 
I don't know. It's interesting as a person who uh, it's good storytelling. Sort of I think fascinated by humans and yeah, totally why they do the what they do. Good pick, man. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! In our next segment, stand up. Moment of the week. We talk about our most favorite moment, panel or page. Yeah. From any comic. It was an Avengers kind of week. Packed. What's that? It was an Avengers kind of week. It was. Uh, my pick is from Avengers War Across Time, number yeah. one, by Paul Levitz and Alan Davis. This book is wall to wall fight comic. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Uh, you know, it's I, so fun. Yeah. I gave it like an eight and a half um, uh-huh. in my review, but there's a moment that I just, I actually like sat there and just looked at it for the longest time. Yeah. Um, Hulk is fighting giant man and he freaking, he grabs him by the wrist and Judo throws him throws to the, him. but he's in full giant man mode. He's I know. Like, <laughs> I don't know, 12 stories tall uh-huh. and he's, he, and he's so tiny. It doesn't make sense. Like gravity and, and inertia shouldn't work this way. Comics. Comics, exactly. everybody. Like, even if Hulk was... Nah, you know, I got the thinking now. If Hulk really was this strong, he's still... He's not heavy enough to keep himself planted unless he's using his toes to dig into the earth. I don't... Anyway. I hope he is. Uh, if you go to aptcomics.com and go to this podcast post, you can see the page I'm talking about in full. Uh-huh. But it is uh, it is such a cool, <laughs> cool moment. And there are many... Alan Davis crushes on the action in yes, this book. Yes, absolutely. Oh, what was your favorite moment? Uh, I also went with a comics everybody uh, page from <laughs> Savage Avengers number nine by David Pepos and Carlos Magno. This issue sees uh, Deathlock in this version. The Deathlock of 2099 is uh, Miles Morales. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. And Punisher mm-hmm. 2099, Jake Gallows, uh, facing down against a bunch of ultronized uh, superheroes. So they're looking at it's essentially the future's end version of Marvel. And it's uh we've got Electra, we've got uh Black Knight, Weapon H, Anti-Venom, uh and they're all just sort of extra goopy, extra <laughs> uh they they're goopy. all like sort of on fire and have uh different mechanized pieces and extra arms popping out of there so like electra has two robot arms holding a sigh and a, and a katana nice it's uh it's just so wacky the the uh black knight has like a lightsaber version of the ebony blade <laughs> it's just bonkers this whole series has been so bonkers like it is that. it really does feel like each issue the the creative team is like what can we do that's crazier than the last time like what how can we keep ratcheting up the stakes to ludicrous degrees while still having like a nice little you know, yippee kaye, you know, character <laughs> moment each each week. Uh, this one, like, humanizes. I mean, it, it, it's not like it's not, it doesn't go super deep on Punisher twenty ninety nine, but it humanizes Jake right. Gallows in a way that he hasn't really been since like the first issue of his original solo series. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I I had a blast with this issue, but like when I saw that page, I was just sort of like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> nice I, all the power to uh to david pepos for for yeah making this book so in, incredibly insane the uh, the these like super crowded action sequences don't feel crowded mm-hmm. somehow like it, it's all super easy to follow and very fun love it at our next segment top books for next week our most anticipated comics out next week I can't wait. Lazarus Planet, Assault on Krypton number one. It's by a various, but it's all, I'll get into it right now. Nicole Maines, C.S. Paquette, Leah Williams are writing, Skylar Partridge, Scott Godlewski, Marguerite Savage, 
on art. Mm-hmm. This is obviously an anthology because it's three different stories. Um, okay, full disclosure. I am not super duper pumped about Lazarus Planet, but I uh-huh. think it's a cool concept. Yeah. Um, if I were to summarize it in my take on what it's about, yeah. basically all the science and um, magical characters are getting their powers reduced, which means there's only one other type of hero that can rise up. Who is it? The gods. Yeah. That's how I say it anyway. Uh, so not, okay. I, I'm just so pumped for this book because not only is it an anthology, I love anthology, but uh-huh. Nicole Maines is back on Dreamer. Yes. Um, I'm sure there'll be some reveals and, and whatnot. But Leah Williams is also, I think, making her debut at DC, and she'll be doing backups in Action Comics, too, which is really cool. I've loved Exterminators. It's just she's really good at being really fun, but also she has a a younger voice with her characters, so they they feel more natural and such. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a really cool way to touch on a few different characters. Uh, It's Power Girl, Dreamer, and Mercy Graves are all the focus in this one. And John, Electric Blue John Kent, which I'm (laughs) still stoked about. Give us answers. I'm a big big Mercy Graves fan, so I'm excited to see how this story plays out. And uh, is that the specter I see on this cover? Boy, howdy. (laughs) Uh, it's also cool to know that Lazarus Planet is only this month. Uh, yeah. Every single book is also its own book. It's not It's not like taking over Superman or whatever. It's actually right. called Lazarus Planet. So I think that's a cool way of doing an event. Because if yes. you don't feel it, you don't have to read it. Right, exactly. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Strange, number 10, from uh, by Jed McKay, Marcelo Ferreira, Robert po- Is it Poggy? Poggy? I'm going to say Poggy. Okay. Because I like Pogs. Uh, Roberto Poggi, Javi and Javier and Javier Tarteglia, and uh, this is the this is the finale of Strange, a series that I've enjoyed quite a bit. Um, mm. This is uh, going to wrap everything up for this current iteration before we get the new Doctor Strange series in what uh, two months? Is that when it something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, very excited. I'm excited to see what happens with the blasphemy cartel what happens with clea is is she going to be around or is this going to be yet another tragic uh separation for clea and steven uh the each issue of this series has taken bold swings and had uh, some really interesting twists involving the characters and uh i i i want this to feel like a finale and not just a setup for the next series so we'll see right. how that works out yeah, I, 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 based on that Alex Ross cover they showed of Doctor Strange number one, yeah, it's got to like directly lead right because Clea is like I feel I like know, it, incapacitated right? or something. Yeah, yeah. Nice. In our next segment, judging by the cover, Junior, we talk about our favorite cover art. <laughs> yeah. Out next week. Uh, what do you got? I really love Harley Quinn the animated series Legion of Bats number four. Uh, and this is a cover uh, variant cover by Dan Hip, and depicts Harley and the Bat family <laughs> posing for a very nice little Sears catalog shot. Uh, they're all uh, you and I have talked about this. Dan Hip draws the best mm-hmm. cable knit sweaters in the biz, right? Yeah, there's uh, something about his stuff that in, is looks so comfy. It's so great, very comfy. Yeah, but they're what all, does it say on their arms? Na 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 na. Oh my god, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've all got little bat sweaters with na 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 na, and there is a <laughs> superimposed. It makes me laugh every time we look at yeah. it. Superimposed Harley smiling in the background, 
uh, with so black and red braces. It's great. And I love that she's got her hands folded on top of King Shark. Uh, all of it is great. The forced smiles, the, the, the existential terror. I love everything about it. Yeah, she looks like she's a little uncomfortable there. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a great cover <laughs> he's been doing a lot of marvel snap uh art yes uh, he keeps he keeps posting if you go to his twitter it's really great he keeps posting the snap pictures because y- you don't necessarily get to see them when you open the game because right. you have to earn the cards but uh i wonder if he'll continue the cable net sweater look uh-huh. uh, for his variants forever or will he get to a point where he just like publishes a book of them all and then he's like moves on to a different garment <laughs> <laughs> right now this year i'm all about peacoats exactly yeah uh, my cover comes from deadly neighborhood spider-man number four by raza yeah uh, it's kind of like the opposite of yours yours is like cartoony bright mine is like clearly made in a computer <laughs> it looks it's just it's so rad raza's covers on these yeah have been just so cool it's it's clear they've allowed him to do whatever he wants uh-huh because sometimes they don't even like match what's in the book necessarily right. but here Your we've Spider-Man got had squatting over a skull exactly yeah and he's on like a uh he's standing on like a bed of webs which yes. is really cool you can see like it's bending like with his weight and right. he's in the nightmare spider-man mode so his eyes are like coming out with smoke um when we had juan ferrera on the show a couple uh-huh. months ago now talking about the series he actually said raza's art inspired him to go even crazier with the uh, smoke coming out of the eyes that's cool so like he was drawing it a different way and then saw raza's cover and was like okay i'm doing that <laughs> which is so cool and then there's something in the foreground which is blurry i love the i love I, it when they use blur in comics i'm pretty sure it's a rib cage because there's other oh, bones right. and stuff like all around him it's a really yeah. gnarly cover so spider-man has caught a couple humans and has been it seems like that yeah gnawing on the bones that's rad Delicious. how metal huh yeah super cool Moving on to our last subject, our last segment, Off yeah. Topic Top Shelf. We're talking about our, something that's unrelated to comics that we're into right now. Yeah. I would like to talk about Philomena Kunk. Yes. Uh, played by Dan, Diane Morgan. Um, this is a character she's played for, I feel like, a long time. There's a oh, couple wow. episodes on YouTube that are, gosh, like 10 years old, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's a show that's... She's got the show coming out on Netflix January 31st, so I want to talk about it now. I've... I, I, instead of waiting for the show to come out on Netflix uh-huh. in America, I'm just watching every episode the BBC has published on YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is one of the most hilarious uh, semi-reality in the style of like Borat or or uh, Ali G. Right. Actually, more like Ali G. She is uh, the dumbest interviewer ever. Gets pronunciations wrong. She doesn't understand how humanity works. Like... She doesn't, in one episode, she talks to an expert about um, electricity, uh-huh. and it's about the creation of the light bulb, and she says, what did people do during the day before the light bulb was invented? And she asks this question to an expert, and there you get to watch their brain go, did they just say that? That doesn't make, <laughs> are they that stupid? Yeah. And and they're like, well, there was sun before there was a light bulb. So there was always light. And sh- and then Philomena is like, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's, I didn't even tell you what the show's kind of about. She takes a different topic for every episode and uh-huh. then interviews experts, but then also spoofs like Planet Earth style or other documentary, nature documentary style. Yes. Where she's walking on a beach saying inaccurate things but in such a way that it feels real realistic and um honest right so like but also amping up the ego and the pomp of it all like 
talking about sharks, but in a very dramatic way. But instead, she's getting all the details wrong. So even you are questioning, wait, did she just say that? Because that, that's not right. <laughs> it's just such a great style of uh, uh, comedy. Just, yeah, I've seen a couple of like clips of her older episodes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, now I'm very excited knowing this is something you're really into. I discovered her like two months ago. People were just randomly posting clips on TikTok, then posting them on Reddit where I saw them. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what is this? This is like genius. <laughs> yeah. How have I never heard of this? And now that I've seen, she's been doing the show in Britain. She did a whole season just on the history of Britain. Amazing. So it was clearly a BBC show, but the new one that's going to be on Netflix is, um, I think it's Kunk on Earth, it's called. That's funny. Yeah. So she's just, you know, unwrapping the, the, the mysteries of planet Earth. What a great <laughs> character name. Philomena it is, Kunk. It's so it funny. It sounds dirty, doesn't it? But it's also just like... <laughs> It's also just like so perfect in that like that's it's such a nice first name and then just like like a fart <laughs> of a second name. It's so True. funny. Uh, she's uh, Diane Morgan's also a character on um, G- Ricky Gervais's Afterlife. She's that's right. really good on uh-huh. that too. Such a kooky, weird character, similar to Philomena, but not as uh, oblivious. I would <laughs> okay. Ah, <say. laughs> oh, great pick, man. Thanks. Yeah, that totally check fun. it out. You can. Pretty much watch every, every episode on Netflix, uh, YouTube right now, anyway. Nice. And that's it for episode 205. Thank you for listening. Please Woo. like, subscribe, tell your friends. Yeah. And uh, we have got a couple really, really cool guests booked right now. Yeah. It's going to be a bit for some of them, but believe me, you're going to love these interviews, and we're going to shed some more light on comic books. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we're here. To find the truth. <laughs> <laughs>